Hello, everyone. Today, I had Carrie Mayo on my podcast. She is a mindful Korean lifestyle coach, a Reiki practitioner, and founder of Avid Earthling Wellbeing, where they focus on professionals who are feeling the burnout in their career lives and basically helping them in bringing joy back to their life and also assisting them in how to achieve greatness and how to achieve more in their career paths in the long term. She's also worked with Fortune 500 companies in the past. Her past life has been a technical manager, a project manager, working with Fortune 500 companies, with technical consultants, delivering large-scale projects. So she brings a lot of insight into the tech world and what goes behind it and how there are so many other opportunities that we can work on in the technology industry without owning a a technical degree or technical um, certification, how you can get your foot in there. So this is really interesting. It was also really good to talk about the future of how we work, knowing that we're going through this pandemic and uh, an international worldwide crisis and how that will help uh, us form how we work together in the future. So overall, it was an interesting podcast. We had a lot of knowledge transfer that happened in there. We could have talked for longer, but uh, this was really insightful conversation. Hopefully you enjoy and get some information out of this that helps you in the future. Has it been uh, easy, um, after, like kind of slow with this Corona virus going on, like, or has the life still as busy? It's interesting. It's definitely slowed down um, because I was working a couple days a week at that um, at a wellness studio doing Reiki, mm-hmm. so that's been shut down for temporarily. He's he's keeping the business alive, but um, it's closed down temporarily. Uh, and then when it comes to coaching, I'm still doing coaching remotely. So I was already working remotely, working from home. I think the biggest impact of this is having is on me is, um, the homeschooling. So homeschooling, uh, my son, grade six. And that's, so I've kind of, uh, had to modify my days to make sure I can like oversee what he's up to and make sure he's getting his assignments in. And I mean, it's grade six, so it's a little more important. It's not like high school but it's also not kindergarten you know what I mean yeah so he's not at the phase right now where he's having zoom calls or anything like that oh he is he is they're doing weekly they use um Microsoft Teams similar and they're doing weekly team calls and then he gets assignments every week uh, through teams and they do daily check-ins like all over like chat stuff so yeah. yeah, that's the biggest challenge right now with me as well, like working from home and then juggling between kids. And then, um, you know, Zoom virtual background actually comes in really handy. If you turn that on, if people yeah. are behind you walking by and stuff like that, nobody can see them. So that that's a oh, trick. Oh, that's such a good idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. And then yeah. it doesn't matter what's happening in the background, right? And then no. I mean, sound, sound matters, but yeah, you can always mute yourself. Yeah, just stay on mute. <laughs> just constantly stay on mute and just use spacebar yeah. if you ever want to talk or anything like that yeah that's such a that's such a great idea i mean i love how zoom i mean i wish i had stocks in zoom right now but i love how zoom is just like really um just they're taking this challenge i mean i can't even imagine how many more users they have now compared to like two months ago yeah and even like the like a lot of people are using it now it's still able to keep up like the quality is decent you're not getting drop calls like 
I'm not bashing on any other service, but there have been services before that, you know, like as soon as they start getting traffic, they're like, okay, you can't use it. Oh yeah, I know. Zoom is totally kept up. I mean, they had that small security glitch um, maybe a couple of weeks ago and then they, they just quickly, uh, you know, the, the password creation. Now there's, um, I have a Zoom account for my business, my own personal one, and I'm like, a, a, like allowing people into my room. Um, so it's like so nice to have to have these little options. They just quickly pivoted so fast, which is so nice to see for technology companies. Yeah, it's crazy how uh, the timing of your shift from working nine to five to switching to a self, like your own business and doing remotely. And it, the nature of that business is that you can have remote uh, conversations. The yeah, timing of I it. Know. It's so weird. Um, something I've noticed in people right now is that some, I mean, there's obviously a whole thing going on. Some people are, have the benefit of being able to work from home like yourself. Um, it's amazing and keep their job, keep their paychecks. Right. Uh, other people are being laid off and I'm noticing that they're like, they just don't know what to do with themselves. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, that was me last summer when I left corporate, I was like, now what do I do with myself? Like I was running at such a fast pace consistently, not just at Lululemon, but for like the last 10 to 15 years in technology in general. And all of a sudden I would like went on a trip with my son and then I came back and I was like, now what? Like, what, like it, it was, it was like my purpose, sense of purpose was totally like connected to my ability to be busy, stay busy. Um, but also which led to burnout and that sort of thing. So what's, what I find interesting is people now are like, holy crap, like, what does this mean? I can actually rest this is, this is freaking me out. Like, I don't know how to handle this. And it's funny because I, it took me a few months previous to the coronavirus to actually adapt to like a slower pace, enjoying life, um, and being productive in a totally different way, like completely relearning how to be productive, but not also basing productivity on my sense of self and value. People are experiencing that right now. And it's so interesting uh, and I'm like, I'm really, as some of my coaching clients too, I'm just like, listen, like, this is a season. This isn't going to last forever. And, and getting to know who you are is, shouldn't be a scary thing. Like actually having space for yourself shouldn't be scary. Um, even, but it, we live in such a society that if you're not busy, who are you? And that's wrong, right? Cause it's like, it's leading to like stress, like health issues and people like, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Like. You know, we've both been part of uh, companies and jobs where like the companies are growing fast and uh, like, you know, you're, you're from one success after another and, you know, you want to stay on that momentum. And I think overall world, not world, but like first world economy has been great over the past eight to 10 years. So that momentum has been prolonged. So yeah. now that, so we've been in that fast paced environment where like, you know, project after project, deliverable after deliverables and, you know, which is great. But what's happened is, is I personally feel the same way is now that things have slowed down a little. I'm like, what do I do? Like, am I like, it feels like I'm not doing enough. That's right. And is it, like, and why, why is that? Like, I mean, I totally relate to that feeling. That's exactly how I felt. And uh, if I wasn't always busy, it's like, I'm not, I'm not enough. What, what's wrong with me? And it's like, actually, what if life is supposed to be a little bit like this? And I wouldn't say completely, but what if we kept like and adopted some of these practices when things do get back to normal and, and like, like the connection with our families, like having more of an insular home life, more home cooking, right. Um, uh, having, I like right now, 
I don't even like to call it social distancing because it's actually physical distancing. I'm for sure practicing physical distancing. I'm on week five now, but socially I've never been more connected. It's like, I'm talking to friends every day over zoom. I'm using Marco Polo, I'm using Voxer, like all these cool apps where I can connect to my friends, FaceTime. And um, I'm like, Oh, I want to keep that going after this is all over. You know what I mean? So it's, it's interesting. Yeah, that's true. Like I, I feel like we're more connected now than we were ever before. Every, every like before we were just so busy with our daily lives. Like all those things were secondary, but now it's just, everything has its spot. Like even with work, like it's not, yes, generally work is less because, you know, uh, businesses have slowed down because of the nature sure. of, of the environment. But at the same time, uh, people who can work from home, there's not, there are a lot of people who can, but people who can work from home, it's given them enough time to uh, just sit down and think about other stuff that they uh, they want to do, right? Like the yeah. saving time from commuting. Not everybody has a 15 minute commute every day to work. Like I used to commute an hour and a half sometimes each way because yeah. of traffic. And now it just gives me space to do a bit more, just focus on myself, just little things, right? Yeah. Like just like, just taking care of your health a little bit and like just starting this podcast. Like I wanted to start this since 2017 and it's just been like, Oh, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. But now it gives me that space to, uh, to do extra stuff and just kind of explore other things that you want to do. So that's been great. I like the positive out of all of this for now, at least. Well, and it's amazing. Like you're like integrating hobbies that you've been putting off for so long because you have a little bit of time and not that you have a lot of time. I mean, you're home, you're working full time, you've got kids um, and you know, your wife is working too. So it's not like you literally have like a clean slate, but you are finding pockets of time that you're like, Oh wait, I can actually like bring in things that I was interested in things that are now bringing me joy. Um, And I was telling a client this yesterday actually is that we the first thing we cut out of our lives when we get super busy is anything that brings us joy. So it's like hobbies, anything like that. It's like working out, anything like that. Um, as we cut it out and then we're like, no, we have to focus on the paycheck, the family, like the responsibilities that like make us an adult, like the adult responsibilities that we somehow have to focus on. Uh, but then we lose sight of like what brings us joy. And as soon as we like tap into uh, what brings us joy and using our joy as a generator, as um, what propels us, is like then the rest of our lives, all those responsibilities just like feel better. And yeah. I love yeah. that you're. I love that you've, you're you're starting this podcast. You're doing other things with your side business right now. That hopefully, when things lift, I mean, you could still find a way because you've woven that into your already full time job. Yeah, it's just, um, you're absolutely right, especially when you have a family and you start to have responsibilities. If the things don't have a monetary value attached to it, humans automatically just uh, put that on the side table, right? They're just like, I'll take care of it later. Um, This is the conversation I have with my wife all the time, right? Like there's so many things that I've tried in the past and like, she's like, you have too many hobbies and they're getting expensive because you buy stuff around it, you start it off and then you get bored or you don't find interest in it and then you don't do it. So either stick to it or don't do it at all. So two things that I learned from that is like, first that you got to try different things in order to see what you really like. Sometimes like, you know, you can get influenced 
by others to say, oh, this person's doing it so well, uh, you know, must be interesting. I should do it too. But then you quickly realize that this is not something for you. You might be a consumer of it. You might consume it like consuming that kind of stuff, but you cannot create that kind of stuff because that's, that's not coming from you, like from, from like a genuine heart. Right. And then secondly was like, yeah, you got to stick to stuff long enough. Like it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint to see how things pan out. And I think when you start enjoying stuff that you really want to do, like you said, if you're actually having fun doing it, then you can do it for a long period of time. Then you don't think about money as much. And then in the long term, money comes along with it anyways. Like just money, money fi- always finds a way when you're living in alignment with like your joy and your true self, like money always finds a way. And then going back to about your point exactly about um, our hobbies tend to like be linked to things that can potentially make us money, but obviously we invest in equipment and stuff first, but then it doesn't pan out or whatever. I mean, there's so many different ways of, there's so many different ways to experience abundance than just financial abundance. And financial abundance is an important one. We need money to survive. We need money to pay our bills, have roof over our heads, shelter, food, also contribute back to our communities, especially now with some of these businesses closing or shut, like temporarily or otherwise, like infusing our dollars back into our community restaurants. And that sort of thing is so important and where we're spending our money. Um, and then, you know, philanthropy and any sort of things we want to charities we want to support. I mean, money is really great, but it's just energy. And then what about the things that bring us joy? That's also just energy. So like starting a podcast might have this amazing feeling in your body. Your body's like, I love this. You feel more energetic. You're excited for your day. Sorry, see my cat. He's hanging out. That's Luna. <laughs> um, but it's, it's also, maybe it's the same rush as getting your paycheck every two weeks. But it, it, it's not about like, you don't even think about money when you're in that zone, when you're in the flow, when you're in like, I'm doing something I love right now and time, money, space doesn't matter. You just like, you know, when you're doing something and you're like, oh my gosh, six hours just passed. I haven't even eaten yet. Yeah. You're like, and it's not because it was every somebody else was taking your energy. Cause that's different too. Like in corporate jobs, I think a lot of people are like, have like the suction cuts on you and they're like, oh, we need you, we need you, we need you. And that's busy. And sometimes we forget to eat and that's like not really taking care of ourselves. But there's something, sometimes you get a, like a personal project and we're like, so in the zone, we forget to eat. It's like, oh, wow. I was like, that's like sort of like being in that place is, is that's a form of abundance that you can't necessarily, maybe you can like make money off of it, but it's a feeling that can propel you and that energy and that high vibration for longer in our life. And it creates such a good day or a good week or a good month, right? Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. Like, I think the the key thing is to do something you love long enough. I think we live in a time today where if you do what you love long enough and you get better at it and you can bring some kind of value to the consumer of that, like, you know, every action has some kind of consumer attached to it at the end, right? If you can bring some kind of value and you love doing that, money in today's world will find its way. There's so many ways of doing business today, right? And there are people who are doing businesses who are selling products and they're consumers for that. And then there are people people who are selling uh, advice and knowledge and they're consumers for that. And I just love having conversations. I was like, you know, I love talking to people. I love uh, having conversations and love like learning from people. And then I meet so many incredible people like you. And I was like, you know, like these are the conversations we have. And then I 
like I come from a third world country. I come from Pakistan, born and raised, right? So I get so many people who message me who's like, you know, like, how did you get to do your job that you love? And like, you know, how did you get into this? And like, how did you do all this kind of stuff? And it's just, I, the, the nuggets of knowledge that I gain from those conversations from you and people like you and other people, those are the conversations I'm bringing to those people. It's just like, you know, this is what I learned from this person. This is what I learned from this person. This is how I applied it in my life. So I was like, how can I like bridge that kind of gap so it can go to a wider audience and I can have fun while doing it. And this is like my personal kind of uh, catalog of conversations with interesting people, which I can like look back at years and say, Oh, you know, this is a conversation I had with Carrie on this day day. And, you know, this is what we talked about. So it's really interesting. I love it. Yeah. It's and so secondly good. for, uh, for the, for the, money part that you say like you know like not necessarily gonna make money all the time what for what you love doing but when I come back to saying that you know it's it depends on how long you do it for it's because when I first moved here like when I first moved to Canada I just share a little bit of my story I don't think I've shared that with anybody yet um, outside of my family but when I first moved here um I got a job at Best Buy Geek Squad, right? Like I, I just wanted to be in IT. I just love tech stuff and I just wanted to be in tech. And I was like, how can I just get in there? So I would just walk around, go to all Best Buys and just like, I just printed my resumes and just submitted it everywhere to say like, whatever you have, right? Um, and I, cause I was like, once I get in, I can find my way into getting into Geek Squad and stuff. But I got the job and it was like uh, an hour away from where I lived. It was a completely different area where that Geek Squad Best Buy was. And it w I got paid $11 an hour at that time. That just that money just went in my transport. Like, you know, like that just going there and coming back. It took me an hour to go there and go come back. But I loved doing it so much that I never thought about like, hey, like it's only $11 an hour. And like, you know, I'm not really making any money. I just kept doing it. And that 11 turned into 13, then 15, and then 20. And then for me, like from 11, like I, and I was married at that time. And I used to tell my wife, I was like, oh, like if I, if I made $13 an hour, that would be so good. Right. And then when you get to 13, <laughs> I, I was like, if I made $15 an hour, we'll be set. Right. Like we don't have to worry about anything. You know, you'll have like a couple hundred dollars a month savings and stuff like that. So like, money is all relative right like it's oh, relative. you know it's significantly different from where where I started but that's what made me realize is like money is all relevant like as long as you're having fun doing what you're doing um, money will money will show up itself and then you've got to decide if you want to just keep expanding your uh, expenses to a point where you can't keep up and now now money becomes more important than what you're actually doing oh man Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think we've all been in those situations where we're making good money, but we're like, am I loving this right now? You know, it's like, mm -hmm. is this bringing me joy? Is this bringing me positive energy? Is this, you know, and I mean, I think it's funny, like, it's, it's such a great example um, of like how you've sort of worked your way up the ladder and, and got more money for doing what you loved and you were just getting so excited about it and, and how like, oh, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna make it at $15 an hour. It's like, those are the simple times that we've all come from and 
And yet, you know, when money starts being the sole driver, and I think it's interesting too about money is that it is an energy exchange. And I think when you're putting out a bunch of energy into a job or a career or a business, and you're not receiving um, the money that you're valued at in return, then there is a level of like feeling of depletion, potential depression, anxiety, that sort of thing, right? So money, money is important that way in the sense of like always chasing the dollar and the next dollar um, for like, like, like for, for just the dollar isn't necessarily yeah. the right way to do it. And there's a lot of people that do it and they're successful and that's good for them. But you're not like your heart isn't in it, right? You're just like, you're cut off emotionally from it. You're just like more money, more money, more money. Yeah. Um, and then, then, then there's the other part, but then you're kind of like living potentially like a soulless, um, more soul, like soulless life in a sense. Um, but then there's the, the balance of that is like, okay, well, I want to earn what I'm valued at. I'm actually putting all this energy in and the, the re return earnings is just energy too. And are they a match? Yeah. So some people get overpaid and are under delivering and some people are over delivering and underpaid. So it's like, how do you... And this creates burnout, right, too, because you're just like, I'm not being appreciated enough. I can't even pay my bills. And here I'm putting all my energy and time into this. Like, what am I doing? Like, so how do we do that? And it's, um, it's interesting because I have a lot of conversations with my clients who are experiencing burnout in their jobs or in between jobs trying to figure out how do I pivot and not create um, a career in my life where I'm going to be burned out again because they're, they're shell-shocked and, like, almost having, like, PS PTSD level reactions to the last job because of their burnout so it's like how do we do that and then how do you invite like it's okay to have that energy exchange it's okay to make good money when you're bringing good value and then how is that value energetically in alignment with with your gifts so that when you're giving everything that you have it just feels natural and it's not like oh i hate this task i hate these these things i have to do and i'm you're forcing a square peg into a round hole because that's another thing that creates burnout so it's interesting um yeah I, I think having that balance. Yeah. And I think um, money is important, right? Like money drives uh, all of your things, like your, your happiness, because everything has a dollar value attached to it. Your happiness indirectly does have a dollar value attached to it, right? It could, your happiness could be like having like a one bedroom cozy apartment, right? Or it could be having like a seven bedroom mansion. Right? It could be having like a small, tiny hatchback, cute looking car or you could have like wanting a ferrari so each have some sort of sort of like money monetary value attached to it right i think and especially in this time right now uh, what's made me realize is what's what's the amount that is enough for you right like like i have really sat down and said you know after this amount uh anything that i get is access it's it's extra right so if once I've decided that amount, it really uh, gives me the opportunity to like shift my focus a little bit from like my full-time job, just constantly focus on, okay, where am I going to go next year after? What's the next ladder? What's the next step? What's the next dollar value? What's the next title that I need to get? It slows, it's not, doesn't slow it down, but it kind of shifts your attention from that to like, what were the other things that I was really passionate about? or did get passionate about in this journey that I can start bringing focus on those things too. Right. Yeah. So then, so then it's like, okay, you're doing your work that you love to do and it's paying you enough that you never even thought of. 
right? It, like seven years ago, you didn't even think of you would be able to get here where you are. And now you're here. Instead of pushing you another seven years of another dollar value, maybe pause and shift your attention to more of um, creative stuff that you always wanted to do. I think everybody has a creative bone inside them and Great. a creative muscle in, um, inside them. And it just, it's, it's kind of a different uh, outlet for everybody. Some people like to draw. I wish I could draw. Like I, I try to sketch all the time and it's, I'm just really bad at it. So I just gave up like my brother-in-law, he's, he's really good at it. Right. So I watch him and I was like, how, and he finds it so easy. And then like, for me, it would be a masterpiece. And then for him, it's like, yeah, I don't like it. I'm going to paint over it. Right. So everybody has this own creative thing for me. It's like, you know, like having some co or like content creation, some sort of content creation. So like I started with making tech videos and then got into like uh, with cars and making videos for clients and stuff like that. And like those things kind of while working gave me uh, an insight into what my creative outlet is. And I think everybody has one and everybody should spend time identifying it and always exercise it. Cause I think what your creative is, what you really like to do creatively, it doesn't have any monetary value attached to it ever in your mind. It's just like, you love doing it because it's just kind of, you know, ignites some kind of things in your brain that just gives you a certain kind of satisfaction that money or anything else won't. Yeah. And it shouldn't have to, it shouldn't. I mean, if you can monetize your creative pursuits and make good money, like that is like, bonus that is awesome that is like maybe someone's end goal but you shouldn't have to like creativity should shouldn't be for um for the, like for the end goal of making money like just to be in that creative pursuit like your videos now you're podcasting you're communicating your ability to have a conversation like that's all creativity right also your um uh your uh, creative problem solving at work being strategic and creative problem solving, I believe is, it's not considered art or a science maybe, but it's, I think it's both. It's an art and a science. And um, that's just my personal opinion, because really when it comes down to, to really technical um, problems and challenges and things that need to happen where you've got people involved and technology involved and process involved and projects involved and budgets involved to have all of that put together and then come up with creative solutions. I mean, that's creativity too. It's not something we want to necessarily do on our off time. And like, I can't wait to go do a pottery class. And like, there's not really like a strategic creative thinking class. Maybe people are into that, but I think that's something that we have, I know you and I do. And I think a lot of people we've worked with do have a natural talent for that. We don't always like rise up. It's like, Hey, this is, this is part creativity as well. It's not as tangible. Right. I think it's, the, it's, it's yeah, I think it's the art of visualization. I think that's, oh, that's yeah. I, I think that's what it is. I think I would call visualization an art uh, yeah. to, like you said, putting all the pieces together and turning it into a story, into a flow. Uh, an outcome, and it, ultimately a positive outcome. That's quality yeah. level, right? And you can't do it alone. So you got to have your teams buy in into it to like, you know, telling that story to each individual in your team at their level, like everybody understands it differently, right? And let you be able to articulate that information. I think that's all art and creativity. Like it, I, I think these, all the soft skills, I think that you need in your life, those are all creative. Like soft, soft skill can be kind of taught, but you have to have it in you. 
that's why not everybody does well in sales. That's why not everybody does well in customer service because that's not for them. But then they do really well in like, you know, the back end technical stuff and like being able to like data analytics, like really getting into things, right? So every I think it's everybody has, like I said, everybody has some sort of creativity in it. It's just like how you implement it in your work life as well. And then that's where the magic happens. That's where you actually totally. start to love your work. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think also like a lot of people just stick to one job sometimes and just keep doing one thing and they think this is it. And um, I, I used to think that way too, like, you know, hey, pick an industry you want to be in, pick a profession you want to be in. And then just, you know, you just keep building on top of that. So like, you know, you just start with the foundation, hey, do you want to be in sales? You want to be in marketing? You want to be in tech? And then you just build off of that. But I think where people really progress in the long term or what I have found that I started my career in sales. So I've like from from credit card to like refinancing houses over the phone. I've done that all like those that those were like my jobs. Like I used to work in a call center. Yeah. Uh, um, a lot of uh, guys and girls in third world countries, if you have if you have decent English, that's your first job. <laughs> you go work at a call center to get decently paid. Uh, but there I started to talk to different kind of people and then you start to like observe things you like. And I think the world we live in today and the tools we have, you can exercise anything and you can be anybody uh, as long as you practice it long enough. Right. And it has to right. come naturally to you as well. So um, yeah. sticking to one industry or sticking to one area will really limit you uh, the way you think. I know. And what I'm loving about living like today in in this like in this time and history i guess is that there are so many multi-passionate people and people are tapping into like you said you think you start on a track and it all and then some people just go deeper on that track and that's really good too so for example we'll use like software engineers as like an example there's like se0 se1 se2 se3 senior SEs, and then they turn into like you know uh maybe directors of like software engineering you know but somewhere along the way, they're going to have to start learning management and start to branch out. So you can go to like senior software engineer and like have like the craziest brain, an incredible brain that like can do architecture level coding. You're mentoring younger and maybe um, uh, newer uh, software engineers, all that stuff. But even mentorship, leadership, all those things, you're going to have to start to branch off and bring your skills with you and start learning more soft skills and leadership. Not every technical person wants to do that. So having a balance of a super technical person and strong leadership, like really good leadership is, is challenging, especially in all the in software engineers I've mentored. A lot of people, they try it and then they go, nope, I just want to come back. I just want to be a senior software engineer. This is where my zone of genius is. And it's like, good for you. You know it. And then they can go deeper in that. And there's still a whole world that they can, they can excel at grow in make more money and all the things and also stay challenged like mentally challenged um but then stimulated but then you know going into the leadership and having that balance there's a few unicorns out there and it's amazing that they do have both and then but then there's other people that just have like side hobbies like yourself that are just like oh yeah I can do videos oh yeah I can do this I can do that and it's like right now maybe um your current job isn't asking that of you but if if at some point they're like hey who in the department has like you know you would be you might volunteer for that and maybe you are sort of evolving your role into something that does 
you know, who knows? Like, I'm just, I'm like making things up as I go, but no, this but, is actually, no, this is actually like, I'll give you an example for it. Like the videos, like, so I'm like, I have a tech job. I, I like, I'm, I'm in it, but like people started to find out and I've been there for a few times, so, like for a long time. So like I've built the relationships, quite a few people know me in the company because I've been there for so long. So mm -hmm. like, I just started doing videos and stuff and, you know, started posting on social media. Like I was, um, uh, making uh, first I started making vlogs I was like really inspired with a couple of vloggers when they started in 2015 and I was like oh this is interesting like you can kind of in a casual way show what your interests are and like kind of market yourself to see what you can do and stuff like that but then that wasn't sustainable I always look for stuff that you know isn't like okay yeah this is fun doing but this needs to be somehow sustainable and scalable I don't like doing things that are really short term for some reason I, I, I want things to evolve in, it's in your process. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually into something and just continue to grow. Right. No, not even grow like from a volume perspective, but just like, it's more long-term. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I stopped doing that and then it was just like, uh, making some visually cinematic videos for people. Like I'm really into cars and stuff like that. So I started, you know, reaching out to dealerships and stuff and saying, Hey, I can make free videos for you guys as long as you can, let me just try out your car and stuff like that. And I started doing that and really quickly from a hobby, it turned into something people wanted to pay me for. And um, even from the company that I work for right now, even though that's not required of me, someone mm, reached out and we were having a summer event and they're like, Hey, do you want to make a video? Uh, we've seen you make nice videos and stuff like that. And you want to make a video for that? And I was like, sure. And then I was like, you know, a minute ago, I was this technology consultant, this analyst and stuff. And now I'm a cinematic videographer for this uh, event that I'm having in the same company, you know, and it's, Amazing. it's so crazy that it's possible to do that, you know, uh, in today's world. And I did it and I had a lot of fun. But that's another story why why I stopped doing that as well. Um, yeah. But it's just, yeah, like you said that, you know, like maybe it's not required right now, but somebody might see it and they see a value in it and it gives you the opportunity to do it. So and that's why like we shouldn't said, limit ourselves. Exactly. And like you said, the visualization of like what you want your role to look like or, or what you want your career to look like outside, even just taking it outside of like the business itself and just like, what does that look like? you never know, there might be a role what, that integrates what you're currently doing and videography. And it's like packaged up into a perfect role for you that with the right amount um, of salary or revenue. Like, it, it's just, that's the thing is life, we can create what we want out of it. And I think it's about learning from our mistakes and learning um, from, like, I don't believe in like failures, but because they're learnings. Ultimately, it's like taking what doesn't work and like pivoting and learning from it. And that just makes us stronger and more in alignment of what we do want and what we do like. And, and we can create whatever we want from that. And it doesn't mean it's easy. Uh, there's so much learning in that, in that new way or whatever, but it's, it's also, again, just, just making us more well-rounded and more in alignment again. With you know, another thing that I really resonate with what she just said earlier is like, you know, people who are in, tech you know they're really good um with um, their skills like their technical skills and you know they're they, they work years and deep down uh they're like you know like i would say coders people who like to code or people who like to develop stuff developers and stuff like that and eventually they get to a place where 
you know, it's that next step where you need to like multiply yourself, right? Like you need to multiply your, you're needed to multiply your skills in a company. Um, it's so like you need to create successors. And the only way you can create successors is if you have a team and you lead a team and then, you know, you mentor those people and you kind of transfer those skills. And I have seen quite a few um, uh, coders and developers struggle with that. Like you said, they go back to saying, we don't want to manage people and I just want to be an individual contributor because um, that's where your other soft skills come in, right? Like having empathy for people, like, like I work with people that, and I've led teams where um, one day I would come in and just talk to someone and we wouldn't talk about anything to do with work. Right. And it would just be something bad happened that day. It could be just something little too, like a SkyTrain delay that caused them to wait in the rain for like 15 more minutes that got them soaking wet, like something small, but for them, it can kind of ruin their day kind of thing. And if you can just sit down and have that conversation as, as at a human level and like kind of connect and empathize with them and really and like listen in that moment to say, you know, I'm here to listen and I understand that goes such a long way from a productivity standpoint, like that person just appreciates you at certain, like so much more that, you know, you're not just here to get the work done. Uh, You're also here to listen to what I have to say. And then they automatically, like things happen automatically. Like I don't like micromanaging people. I just like to connect with people at a level where they're comfortable sharing with me whatever they want to. And I want to enable their key areas where they're powerful at and then let them run with it. Right. Instead of saying, hey, this is what I want done and this is how I want it done. And these are the buttons I want you to press. Um, I just like, you know, hey, this is what we need to achieve as a team. Um, break down the work and then have them do it and then just have regular conversations after the work deadline is set. Then just have come. Hey, how's your day going? Or like, hey, like, you know, just talk about unrelated stuff. Talk about stuff they're interested in. It just creates a bigger connection and I think that's where our like developers and like individual contributors who really focus on like technical skills which is absolutely needed that's where they kind of struggle with where they need to have those conversations and like kind of switch from having to not manage but to support a person at a human level and then just go back to doing the technical stuff and solving problems and like you know like changing the code and spending like three days trying to fix a problem. It's interesting because the technology industry has changed and evolved so much since I've been in it, you know, 16 years ago, you, it wouldn't it, like, you know, 15, yeah, about 10, you know, 10 to 15 years ago, it wouldn't, it would be so common for people to be told like, you're not leaving until this is done. So people were working like, you know, 42 days straight, especially in the video game industry where I started, you know, 42 days straight, 16 hour days, like not seeing their families, like sending an email three months earlier and be like, we're in crunch now. I'll see you in September. Like, oh, these things happen. And, and it was like bragging rights and all that stuff. What I've learned over the years, and it's so, it's so important. And I think this is where like more female leadership can, can help with this is the compassion and empathy that you're speaking about. So there's, there's like, there's the super focused person, like you said, um, the software engineer that just wants to go deeper in their technical skills and, and, bring a huge value to the projects. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, they're still human. And I think some people forget that. Um, there's a small percentage of people that forget they're still human. And the one-on-ones I've had with, I've mentored, I've been mentoring software engineers for like 15 years, 
and QA and UI UX and animators and artists and technical artists and project managers and BAs. And the thing is, is like, at the end of the day, it's like, how are you doing? How was your weekend? Why didn't you get this done? Why you didn't get this done isn't a micromanagey thing, but it's a question of holding somebody accountable. Well, there's usually a good reason. They're distracted. Something happened. Maybe there was a death in their family. The, those are the places I want to take people. And that's where I've been doing this coaching for 15 years as a leader in technology and bringing the humanity back because these teams are like grind, 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 get it done. And as much as like, I understand the deadline better than anybody, because I've had to be sometimes that leader that said, we need this done or else we could be losing millions of dollars in marketing. Like, or, you know, like if we don't, if we don't hit a deadline on a video game, like FIFA, you know how many billions of dollars are lost if that doesn't launch like on time? Like you can't just say, oh, you had a bad week. No problem. We'll just move the deadline. Unfortunately not. So it's definitely a balance. But at the same time, imagine them scratching like the, the launch dates from all the posters and all the social yeah. media posts. And we like, and yeah. these were back in the days when we actually had to launch the disc. So you, you know, so the discs and, and cover like, so, you know, you actually had the, the mastering involved in, in doing those discs. Anyways, digital is, is so is a little bit easier now, but it has its other challenges. Right. Um, so what I'm getting at, though, is like that humanity piece is, you know, as a leader, it is 1000% mandatory, but as a, uh, even as an individual contributor, what about asking your coworker, like, how are you doing? You look a little bit down today. Like we're all a team. We're here together. Um, especially using like scrum and agile where you really are accountable for each other and with each other, right? Like you're, you're as strong as your weakest link, but we want to bring everyone up together, having those conversations. And that's something you've always been natural at shock too, is like, just, just be relatable people will come to you and, and you and then maybe you can help and i'm i'm the same like i love to help people so if they're like having a challenge or something and it's impacting their work i want to get under the hood on that challenge as, as 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 comfortable as they feel on that so that they can feel empowered to get back on track when they feel better because that's the part too is that i think people forget it's like oh you can't get your work done okay well low performer it's like wait a minute stop for a second let's take a look at this we are humans right and we don't have to get super personal if they don't feel comfortable it's only to that level of comfort but there's still there should be a level of grace and 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 space and healing and and just maybe this person just needs a few days to regroup rest and regroup and then come back and like boom they're getting their work done faster than they ever have because they just took space to like like feel and like heal right yeah I mean that's that's the most important thing that I've learned from my leaders people who have managed me like you have been my manager in the past um and that's something I've learned that there have been times where like you know there's just like verbal vomiting that's just happening and you just need to just stand there and just hear them out right like it's just like maybe in the brain you're thinking okay 15 minutes later, I'm going to talk to him or her about, you know, how we need to complete this on time because as a program manager, project manager, the product owner, you're thinking, okay, the deadlines are work that needs to get done. But just taking that 10, 15 minutes to understand the mental uh, level they're at at that time will go such a long way. And that's, that's something that I think we really need to focus on in the tech world. And I think we are in today's world. And I think that's why companies are successful, like when they actually focus on the people and 
um, how they work instead of how they want the people to work. If you're going to start, start to put everybody in one template, you're going to have a lot of issues. But if you have a leader who, ha who knows the template and how to like bring people kind of adjust every puzzle, like not, not every, you know, puzzle piece has the same shape, right? But you Absolutely. can all put those pieces together, make it into a perfect picture. So as long as you can think from that mindset that not every single person is going to work the way they like, you know, work the same way, but, and you know what the big picture is and what your end picture needs to look like. You, the only way it's going to take shape is like being working with people at a human level, not just from a work aspect of things, right? Like if someone wants to go like, you know, I, you have also worked for like companies that focus on health and stuff like that. Some people, people just need to go for a walk at, at 1 PM, go do it. Right? Yeah, right. Instead of saying, Hey, it's not your time off yet. You're still on the clock kind of thing. You're making people less productive that way. Like I've people, I've seen people, even myself is like taking a break in the middle of the day has some time taking care of a personal issue uh, has made me more productive later in the evening and completing more stuff than I would have actually done at that time. Yeah. Yeah. And people make it work and, 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 that, and like, that's exactly it. Right. Um, and it's taking that, that humanity and keeping that as part of, as part of the roles. And um, no, it's, it's all really, all really good points. It, like you said, just taking some of that time is, is really important. Yeah. What's, what's the kind of like you're, you're in the coaching industry now, like you moved away from being deep into tech and development and all that stuff and, you know, deadlines and completing projects and stuff. And now you self-employed and have your own uh, company to provide service to those people who used to work with, right. And like higher, like higher profile people who have like bigger pressures of like delivering solutions or, you know, getting those deadlines done. Now you work with those people and bring the human level to it and like have them move away from their work and kind of be in a space where they can talk about and kind of explore um, different ideas that go through their mind. Like how, what, what does that, what it, does that look like on, with, with these, with these people who are in tech, who reach out to you or who are your potential clients? Yeah, it's amazing. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, we're all human, but yeah, I've been, you know, I've been mentoring some people in technology, some people in all other industries as well, even all the way up to the VP level. And at the end of the day, it's, it's really about self-awareness and people haven't, it's really hard to tap into our self-awareness when we've been ignoring it for so long. And um, it's, I help them bring them back to who they are instead of always what they're doing, 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 who are they being? And um, bringing it back to that and then taking a look at the mind-body connection because our thoughts are creating like so many issues in our bodies, whether we realize it or not. Our, and, um, and, and then talking about energy and how our, our high vibration is different than a low vibration. Are we bringing our low vibe to a meeting and like having like a toxic um, experience for our teams or bringing a high vibrational version of ourselves and how do we keep at a high vibration not forever it's it's impossible and it's 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 really fantastic to see um, how um, help people um, I mean I'm in the business of developing people I'm, I used to develop projects and but it's like developing people was maybe 20% of my job that's interesting percent of my job I love Sorry, developing people yeah, sorry cutting you off, but it's interesting. Yeah. You're developing people that develop solutions and products. 
So that's that's the key thing I think if you develop the people right and find what they're passionate about that can deliver a really beautiful product or project in the, the trajectory of that is so much better and that's what I'm seeing in my clients is that they're like oh they know themselves more they understand what makes them tick they understand what makes them feel good what brings them joy what makes them heal what feels bad right? There's a lack that the onion starts to form, right? They're relearning who they are again. And then they bring that to their day, their day every day, their jobs, their families, their careers, their, their, their um, passions. And the trajectory of their life is like, holy crap, I'm making, you know, I, I helped somebody double their salary a couple of months ago. I was like, but why are you charging that little? And they were like, well, because their value, oh, here's what I did. Here's what I think I'm worth but they deserve this. And I was like, let's, let's work on your self-worth, your self-worth, right? Not money yet. Working on their self-worth help bring up their net worth. And it's like, it's, and that's automatic. It was like, it wasn't like a struggle to get there. It was like, but the more you care and have self-compassion for yourself, the more the trajectory of your life is going to feel a more in alignment um, and less of a struggle all the time. And B the results are just like incredible. So redefining success for people is like, I love it. Cause people like they're, they are like aha moments like crazy. They're just like, Oh my gosh, eyes wide open. Now I get this. Um, and it's fantastic. Like it's, it's, it's so for me, that's what I love to do. And if I, you know, I don't know a corporate job where that's all I could do full time. So it's like, I had to create my own and that's about like, you know, choose your own adventure. Right. And it was just time for me. And I, I, I just, I know what I loved. I know what I, what I, it makes me uncomfortable and dislike and I just like have to create something that that's in vibrational alignment with like just what I want to bring to the world but my gifts too like I love that work that's yeah that's an interesting way of looking at things right like end of the day like like you said one of your clients you ended up helping them double what they were actually charging so they ended up making more money but the way you look like kind of change the lens was, Hey, let's talk about your worth, what you think about it yourself and who you actually are and how you need to project that out to the world. And that will may bring you money automatically. Like there have been a lot of times where I've been in that place where it's just like, I'm just inside myself and be like, there's so many things I can do and stuff like that. And I'm not getting paid the what I should be getting paid. But then it's just, it's all about marketing yourself in the end. It's just like, how do you show the world that these are the things you can do and then actually do those things and just have the confidence that the monetary value will come to you eventually. Yeah. Well, and that you just, you know what it is? It's that you, that you believe you deserve the monetary value uh, that you have in your mind. Because people are like, oh, I want this, but I don't know. I don't think I could do that. I, I need, I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I need more skill. I need more schooling. I need that. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like revisiting that, those beliefs. Like what do those beliefs come from? Most of the time they're like tapes from childhood. And most of, like, most of the time they're lies and untruths. So it's like tapping into that and unweaving that. And then, and, and it's, it's actually much simpler when you have somebody help, helping you with it. Um, everyone needs a coach, right? Just like an athletic team. Everyone needs a coach. Yeah. Like double downing on what your skills actually are instead of like focusing on what you don't have. Like, let's focus on what you have and like, you know, let's shine those rocks instead of like, you know, looking for stuff that, that will just slow you down unnecessarily, Yeah, yeah. which is great. 
Yeah. I mean, that that's, I think that's human nature too, right? Like we, we start to self-doubt and then like, you know, you it's especially in the online internet world, when you're putting stuff out there, uh, there could be uh there could be someone like just send you one comment saying, you know, you suck or you're not doing a great job or whatever. And that can just put you down and um, you will only get over it once you actually put something out on the internet, get that comment and then process or have someone help you process that, hey, this is just another person. And that comment shouldn't dictate what you actually love doing because you're not going to be really great at something on day one, right? You got to keep practicing it, keep polishing it and actually believe. And this is something that you can do or you want to do and you will do anything and everything to get better at it. And that's why I think a coach at that point is really important to get you over that bump where, you know, you're getting these small comments and kind of indications that you're not good enough or like making fun of you. Or sometimes they're even your friends, right? They would just like, like just lightly pass a comment or make fun of what you're doing. And maybe they don't mean it in a, like a bad way, but like it can affect you in a way where like, Oh, if my friend thinks that I'm like that, then like, what will the other, like the whole world will think about it. But that's where you need a coach. Yeah. I mean, those comments are really, those are actually, if they sting, it's because those are already insecurities about ourselves. Um, if they didn't, if they, if, if we didn't already feel like a little bit, like what they said was true, it wouldn't sting us. We'd be like, Oh, that's a weird thing to say. And you'd walk away. It actually mm-hmm. would just bounce right off of you. So there is a, then then it's worth going into that sting, that trigger, that like, Ooh, that hurt. Like, and you, it's easy to like blame the other person for saying it. And yeah, maybe it was rude or whatever, but it's like actually going in and being like, Ooh, what, why did that hurt? Oh, wait, I do have a belief, a limiting belief or a fear-based belief that I'm not good enough or who am I to do this new work or da da da. Like we all have that. We all have insecurities. We all have self-doubt, like you said. So um, if something stings, it's because there's a level of truth in yourself that you believe them. Um, But at the end of the day, none of it's true. So whether that person said it or not, and because you believe it or not, it's probably not true. So it's about doing the inner work and like and turning that limiting belief into an empowering we use like um affirmations and mantras like taking transforming fear to flow and it's taking those limiting beliefs and actually transforming them into empowering messages that you know change that belief because it's usually just like old stuff it's old out of date stuff sometimes it's generational sometimes it's like out of date from childhood doesn't even belong in your life right now but if we don't do that work we'll just keep going and carrying them with us and everything we do and a lot of times it's the people around you too, right? Like uh, totally. sometimes you're like living a life, um, you know, like you attract people in your life with the kind of life you're living, right? Or the surrounding you're living in. So you might be living a life that you have been living for like a certain amount of time and you have kind of like brought those kind of people in your life that worked in the in that space when you in that time space you were in. And then as you are evolving and starting to take a jump from another place to another place, and it's a completely new avenue or a complete, something completely different, when those people aren't aligned with you, it's just like, oh, like, how do I bring these people on to the other side where I want to go and have them understand? And you might only have three or four people in your life, really, who would understand whatever you are doing. 
and they they would wouldn't care what you're really doing they would just get, go along for the ride and support you because this is something you want to do as long as it's not bad and it's not hurting somebody but then i think you also got to realize that not everybody is going to hop on the bus you're hopping on right like not everyone's going to hop on the train you're hopping on they like you know what your destination is and what your intention is and this is what life really is. Like you're going to meet people a certain amount of time, then you're going to go into a next phase of your life. And then you're probably going to lose some of those people and then gain some new people who are aligned with those interests or interests that you have now, or like, you know, those are the things that you're doing. So you've got to, got to understand and accept that cycle that you cannot bring every single person that you value in your life right now, along with the same rent that you're planning on going on. Absolutely. And I think that's where like, you know, raising your vibration, when you, when you do the work, when you start doing that inner work, you're going to start losing people from your life, unfortunately, because a lot of people, um, some people in their, in their life actually rely on like maybe the low vibration or the low self-esteem or that sort of thing in order to feel better about their own lives. Right. Then you start like raising your vibration and actually having, doing some of that inner work is, is changing your trajectory, creating more successful outcomes in your life. People, some people aren't going to be happy for you. And that's okay. That's, that's their journey. That's your journey. But it's about, you know, the forgiveness is really important. Letting things go, not being attached to people that are bringing you down. Um, because, you know, nine times out of 10, they come back later and they go, Hey, I was kind of like overreacting or sorry about that. I was in a bad place in my marriage or whatever. They're having their own stuff. So it's about staying in your lane, being the best version of yourself you can be. Um, and, and from that place, you may lose a few friends or people in your life whether it's temporary or not, it's hard to say, it depends on the person, but you're also attracting a, a, a different vibrational person, people into your life. So you may shed a few tears over some people, but you're also like inviting in um, more support it, because our, like, like attracts like. So you raise your vibration, you're gonna attract higher vibrational people, situations, um, incomes, higher vibrational, um, behavior. So it's, it's not just people. It's like, it's, it's all of the things in your life start to improve. Uh, but yeah, there is some loss in that. And that can be hard. That can be hard in, um, for people to, to, to just sort of let that go. Yeah. And it's also really like what I've learned in this recent journey of mine, like, like with this podcasting, I'll take as an example, because this is very recent is like, um, there have been people that I want to interview or I want to have conversations with. Right. But like I was constantly, I, and not for a long time, but I was thinking for a bit, there was like, you know, why would someone who's so influential or like busy with all these things and like, you know, who already have a lot going on and like what, or from like a social aspect, like if they already has a, have a big social presence and like, you know, they're already doing a lot of things that, are on the internet and they have that big visibility why would someone say yes to my podcast where i don't have a history of doing podcast or where i don't um you know where i don't know what the structure is going to look like or what i where i really want to go so i think that was coming from uh in the environment i was in with the people who i, I was around what i actually did that really helped me is like i sat down and really like and especially in this time in this quarantine time it's just i was like i'm not gonna know the answers until i hear or like ask and i hear a no or a yes and if i hear a no i need to kind of evaluate then why i heard a no and it's interesting that i once i started putting my mindset into that and um starting reaching 
out to people who were like, I would never thought would say yes. They were the first ones to reply. I'd be like, yeah, let me know when you want me to be on the podcast. And then I was like, this is crazy. It's, it's all about your mindset and the energy I think that you're giving out, like what your intention behind the action is. That's right. Putting yourself out there is not easy, but you have to have a belief in yourself and have a mindset of like, I don't know what's going to happen next, but I'm going to give it a try. And just like being open to learning. Right. And that's what you did. You took, you took you, your mindset was like, Oh, I can't do this. Who am I to do this? Nobody wants to be on my podcast. Like, you know, da, 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 da. like all of those limiting beliefs were just like, okay, then you're not going to do anything in action. And then you're like, wait a minute. What if I tried? What if I did? Would that be cool? What's, what's a no big deal. So big, like now you've redefined what no means to you. You're like, Oh, okay. If they say no, like I'll either tap into that and learn more about why they said no, or I'll just let it go and keep trying. So you redefined that like, Oh, fear of failure into possibility. You redefine fear of failure into, but like, so I don't get a few no's, but I might get more yeses, but I won't know if I, if I don't try. So you just like, you like self-coached yourself and your mindset into possibility. And instead of just like having all the excuses as to why not, we can have a million excuses as to why we should do anything. But what about the one real thought process and the mindset boost that you need to say, let's just give it a try. Yeah. I I mean, that's so, that's so huge with everything. And like the people, the successful people that who I feel are successful in their life, everyone has their own level of success, right? That's why I don't define. they define success differently. Yeah. 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 No, I don't say this is like the template of being successful. Like everyone is, everyone is successful in their own journey. So like the people who I find successful, if you follow the life journey, or even if you just step two years or three years back in their life to where they were two or three years or five years back, you're like, okay, they weren't this great day one, right? There's this whole journey of trying and doing things. And, but they had just had this thing. It's just like, I'm going to fly this plane while I fix it. I've never going to, otherwise you're never going to take off, right? Like if you're going to like have the perfect fuel and the perfect tires for your plane and the perfect seats and all that (laughs) stuff, by the time you take off the, you're not allowed to fly planes anymore. You know what I mean? Like it's it's like you have to just take off and then start, start to figure those things out. So for me, it was like, okay, I want to do this, but then, okay, this is a successful way of doing it. This is the template of doing it. And I was like, no, you need to define your own way of doing things and be unique in that way. There's some foundational things that you have to follow, whatever genre, whatever industry you go in, but then you got to give it your own flavor in order for it to be interesting, in order for people to get like the kind of people you want to attract. That's the kind of person you have to be outside. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. YOLO, right? You only live Mm -hmm. once. And it's like, you got to give it a try. You got to, and not be so fearful of like falling on your face. So what you trip and fall, get back up, find a new, like pivot a little bit, try something new and try again. Like it's, um, I know it's easier said than done. And I've been there like total fear base of like, Oh, for years I wanted to do this full time. And for years and I didn't know, I I had a ton of limiting beliefs around leaving um, my career in tech industry and that sort of thing. 
it took a lot of bravery and courage to do what I did, even in hindsight. I'm like, wow, I still can't believe I did it. Um, and I may go back to technology. That's the thing too, is I'm still kind of, I'm still weave, I'm still woven in technology. I still have so much experience and I'm still using some of it because, you know, I'm mentoring people that are in the technology industry, but this is, this is a platform I'd rather be in personally. And I may need to go back and do some project management and, and I'm, and consulting, which I also still love. So it's just, um, taking that risk and, and I've learned so much in the last nine months like oh my gosh about myself mostly but also just about the industry and everything but man it's it's amazing what comes up for you when you put yourself in a situation a new situation new neural pathways are like changing in our brains we're opening ourselves up to to way different like way more experiences and new possibilities and if you don't go for it like you'll never know and then you may have regrets right so yeah and like you said like going back to tech world and stuff like that right like the the only way you'll know you want to go to the tech tech world or the kind of tech world you want to go in is by trying other things right so now when you go back you can have these two paths kind of combined and you can have a little bit of your consulting a little bit of tech involved a little bit of coaching involved and you can define that role for you that works for you and in the consulting world like you can go consult for three months and then you can come back and then you can do coaching and then you can do another project like there's so many different opportunities and that's something that i wanted to touch a little bit as well is like people who are coming into tech right like or ever like hear about tech they're always like okay having an engineering degree knowing how to code and knowing how to develop that's the tech industry but in real life like when you work with people you see their background someone comes from a bachelor of art someone comes from like psychology someone comes from science like they're coming from all these different backgrounds but then they're in these really awesome tech positions they're like technical project managers like i've even seen developers who come from like a completely different degree they don't have that degree but they have kind of paved their way of like learning and being really good at it so that's something that you know i want to like talk about and tell people like you know you don't really have to know how to code and how to develop to be in the tech industry there's so many different things you can do in tech absolutely oh my gosh and there's so much like online learning i mean you know people think they have to get a degree then go for it but th- like like so much of these jobs are soft skills and even when I was doing interviews multiple interviews growing teams like crazy it was like I I always had somebody technical in my interviews with me because I wasn't technical but um the 75% of the um the interview even for both me and the technical person was soft skills like can they collaborate with a team um are they going to speak up if they're failing or are they going to suffer in silence and then the whole project has to go under you know what I mean and we're losing money um are like a communications huge collaboration um, uh, just the ability to be, uh, to work with others and give, um, constructive feedback without coming across as a dick. Like there, <laughs> that is mm-hmm. like really common in the tech industry too, where it's like, okay, you know, you know, someone's like, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, whoa, that was like really offensive. So there's ways of actually saying that. Straightforward. That, that, you, <laughs> very straightforward. So it's like, can you come across, can you say this differently? Um, like say what you're trying to say, but say it differently. So it's a, a little more professional, but also B isn't going to just like hurt somebody that hurt somebody's feelings and it's tough. Right. And it's, it is that balance. Um, but you know, soft skills are so huge. And if people are passionate about the tech industry or t- especially about like building apps or like improving the world in so many different ways, because um, technology is evolving like crazy right now. Um, so for some, for the better and some for the worse, uh, then, it's really like kind of like what you did just like dive in find you know go out there talk to people find a mentor 
um, and see which um, sort of job family you want to like, maybe it's project management or business analyst, or maybe it's technical, or maybe it's a bit of both. Um, and just talk to people that have done that role, especially with LinkedIn. It's so easy to find people nowadays mm-hmm. and connect and just have coffees. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. But those soft skills, I, I think, are really, really important. And some people have them naturally, and some people need to work at them, and that's okay. But soft skills are, are big. I think I think soft skills are the most important thing. Uh, like Agreed. you can learn every single thing. Soft skills come naturally to you, and then you develop your style of soft skills not every person's soft skills are the same they might be communicating but two people will communicate differently so you really got a different like you got to work on it but like you said like with every other thing you can learn you can learn about cloud technology you can learn about infrastructure and networks and you know api calls all these technical things that sound so crazy but then if you're interested in just like googling and reading about them and then actually start practicing i think practicing is where it gets rid of most of the anxiety over things right like when you're just thinking about this big like oh google cloud migration how is like what does that where do i even start but when you start reading about it and just say hey you know this is something i want to taste i want to be part of sometimes you can just say you don't even have to pay for it like pay me for doing the work i just want to be on this project for the next three months and just learn yeah. you will start to pick up stuff so fast because you're actually in the practice, right? Sometimes yeah. you're learning stuff from people who are not good communicators or then maybe they are good communicators, but they're just not, you know, vibing at your level, like your, right. your wavelength, right? So you just got to be your own practitioner too of what you want to do and yeah. uh, what you want to learn. Absolutely. Yeah, I think self-advocate, advocacy is so important being our own advocate for our dreams, our, our careers, our lifestyle, our well-being, you know, advocating for ourselves is so huge and not just having like herd mentality where it's like, well, if that's not hurting them or impacting them, it shouldn't hurt and impact me. I'm crazy. Or like those types of things. Um, it's like, no, just if that's, if that's something that's important to you and nobody else doesn't seem important to anybody else, go for it. Like, Mm -hmm. but find a way to get there. Um, and, um, and speak up. Right. Yeah, no, that's important. That's, that's super important. So so what's going on with the, what's the, what are the next steps? Like now you've been in this, uh, you know, in the consulting and coaching uh, service business for five months now, I think you've been doing it on and off for years, but now you're full in fully into it now. Yeah. So what's the, what are the next steps? Like what, what, where do you see this going? I know like now we're kind of in a situation where like everybody's kind of uncertain, but this also gives you the time to kind of maybe evolve uh, your services or your mindset of how you want to uh, navigate things. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting because I've, I've definitely been taking a look and taking this time to reflect a little bit on like, what is, what do I want to take this? Um, and, you know, I, I love the idea of continuing uh, mentorship and coaching um, you know, uh, people in technology, executives, uh, people that are in corporate jobs that are just like kind of losing themselves in their roles and just trying to like redefine what they're looking for. Um, and then how to take, how to help take their success to the next level and, and taking those limiting beliefs um, and helping them dissolve those so they can do that. Um, and also just, I want to start doing more group programs and more podcasts and just um, starting to get, give more, um, have more impact uh, and so like doing one-on-ones, I love one-on-one coaching. It's definitely my passion, but bringing, um, some of these lessons, um, and ideas to more groups online. So 
a lot of what I'm doing is everything, everything is online, everything's from home, everything's most, I think everything's over Zoom. So it's easy for me to adjust to that. Also, I'm looking at um, actually writing two eBooks right now too. So doing some digital projects, uh, products as well. That's awesome. That's, that's yeah. great. Like, so now that everything's online, right? Like everything, like you're in the digital workspace now, so you can be available anywhere at any given time. Do you market yourself as like core Vancouver based, uh, you know, uh, service or do you, you're planning on doing it like Canada wide or like maybe North American, like full us and Canada, or are you just thinking global? Like what's, what global. are those steps? Yeah. I mean, I had, to be honest, like my, my current two clients, one's in England, one in England, and one's in San Francisco. They're both in the tech industry. So I haven't said, okay, I'm going to launch to Vancouver and then launch to Canada and then launch to different countries. It's just organically people are coming to me. And it, and it's, it's just uh, from different areas, from different regions. So it's, it's, it's different in the tech, than the tech industry where you want to like do controlled rollouts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, from my delivery management days. Um, that makes sense. Obviously, a couple pilot stores, like, you know, obviously, you don't want to go crazy. But I would just like put myself out there because it is digital, everything's digital and online. Um, people that have, have been attracted to what my services are and to what I offer, I've come have been in all, all different areas. So I just work with That's... working within the time zones, right? Yeah, see the interesting times we're living in. Like you're in Vancouver and you have a client in San Francisco and then England. London, England, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Like I, I was I was automatically thinking, okay, you would probably have like a few clients like in Vancouver and then you know it's eventually gonna but like you started with clients who are international. Yeah. Yeah, they've just come to me. And so um yeah, it was just great. And I, I welcome that, right? If I can I can work with that. And it's uh, it's so cool. It's such an interesting time to be able to have the opportunity to have that reach. I mean, there's a lot of coaches out there, and the the uh, I think that the the difficult for me is that is the marketing uh, of marketing myself is uh, that isn't doesn't come naturally for me. So marketing myself and then um, taking my skills, which are unique. So this whole like coaching, personal uh, human development side. Um, with, you know, my company name is Avid Earthling. So it's like just an excited earthling. We live on this amazing earth. And like, how do we get excited about life is really mm -hmm. what Avid Earthling means. Um, and then my technology background and leadership background and people process projects, right? And then combining those two unique things and then coming up with a proper like marketing message that makes sense for those that are like, oh, like that combo is unique. It's a niche. Um, and then, you know, I want somebody like that in my life that A, gets my day job and B, just can help me with like, you know, really bring my success to the next level. So that's, uh, that's something I'm, I'm currently working on is how yeah, to get like, better at just elevating that niche and just getting it in people's faces, not in people's faces in a bad way, but just, yeah. Yeah. Just listening to you, like explain that can, like, I can sense the, like the, the passion behind it, like you know, like that. And I think that's the indicator when you can really just go on about and explaining like what you want to do, where you want to go and like how you're doing it. I think that's where you need to start sticking to those things and be like, this is it. Right. Like, yeah, maybe it's not big enough yet. Maybe I'm not making the money I was making with other stuff, but I just speaking so passionately about something that something tells you that should be your indicator that, okay, you know, this is something I need to double down on or like keep continuing to do yeah so that, that's that's amazing where do you see like now that once we eventually start coming out of this 
quarantine. I don't know when we will. It keeps extending. The yeah. ways you see uh, the shift happening in like uh, businesses, how they operate. Like, do you see that like human, like at a human level, do you just see like after a couple of months, everything, just people will be back to normal? Or like, do you think that, you know, the way we work, like there will be more remote work, there will be mm-hmm. uh, more um, practices where you still remain socially distant if you really have to? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think definitely, I would say some companies, um, I mean, I really hope so many companies survive through this, uh, but some companies I think are probably going to ditch the brick and mortar and like office space and say, okay, everyone work from home and maybe even just like, um, I know there's a company out there that um, when this all started, uh, they gave everybody, all of their employees, a thousand dollars to help revamp their personal like uh, workspaces or home offices and just like decorate them and make it feel more like home because they weren't coming into the office anymore. And I thought, what a nice touch that is! Like, it was like tax-free. Here's a thousand dollars gift to everybody that now had to work from home. And what? But really, from a company perspective, that's actually way cheaper than the lease that they're carrying on like a head office or. Um, you know, I think, I think there's going to be more of that, um, having more remote teams and then like using things like Zoom, MS Teams, like there's so many, there's so many technologies now we can use. And yes, the human factor being in a room with like humans, there's nothing, nothing's going to beat that. But if it means you can be healthy, keep working, keep making money, being closer to your family, and then also feeling the positive impacts of less commute times, you're getting that time back to bring more hobbies into your life and bring more joy into your life. Those are all amazing things. And I think also not only companies shifting in that way, I think employees are going to have different expectations. I already hear from friends and clients that like when this is all over, they're going to request and or like insist on at least two to three days working from home so they they may be there in the office one one to three days a week but they're working from home the opposite days now that they know it's possible even though their company was never like no work from home policies now that they know it's possible that's what they want to integrate back into their lives at the end of this and I say go for that like that's that's um that's a now it's on the table as an option for a lot of places which is fantastic again cuts down on commute time and more time with family and that work-life balance which is hard because it's not always balanced. It's more like a harmony and how do you work together uh, is so important to employees' well-being. And if companies listen to that and allow it, they're going to do well and their, com- their, their employees are going to be happier. Uh, and then the third thing I would say is online learning. Like I especially noticing homeschooling with my son and like nothing is online. Like even like the class website, I don't think my her, his teacher had updated it since like December. Uh, with homework or anything, I hardly even went on there because it was never being updated. Now I'm like, holy, like there's a massive opportunity for online learning for elementary and high schools for sure. But also as adults, like there's so much online learning there. And that's, that's what I'm, I'm already starting. Um, I've already been doing that, right. Is doing some online learning and workshops and that sort of thing, but more online learning, even for companies. Um, then again, you don't have to commit to the drive to get there and then doing the physical workshop and getting childcare and coming home. It's like, you know, doing it at home, um, it's so much more feasible. So those yeah. are, I think, the three things for me. Yeah, I think it's interesting. There's certain things um, that I think about, right? Like, yeah, definitely companies will save from, like, uh, the lease and infrastructure costs and stuff like that. But then it also kind of shifts uh, the people who you don't see 
behind the scenes maintaining those places like cleaners right and all these people who come in to maintain that kind of stuff and he was like okay where do those people go and those people are important right they're like for your health and your well-being at working at a place so it's like you know like how can we evolve these things into a way that works out for everybody and I was thinking like you said that you know a lot of people are now going to think of working this 50-50 split of their week where they go like work from home and sometimes they go into their work. And I think where organizations will really benefit is creating these uh, co-working spaces kind of environment rather than having desks and cubicles where you're supposed to say it's it's more of like a collaboration space where you go to kind of like get integrated back into the culture of the company. Right where like the where the where the infrastructure and the building is like focused on the culture that company really empowers, and you go there to hang out with your coworkers. You do some collaborative projects, and like so it keeps that system system going. Uh, people look forward to going into uh, the office where they know they're gonna get value out of it, with which they don't when they're at home. Which is like you said, like the collaboration, the hangout, just kind of like you know bouncing off ideas or maybe just going in for like lunch meetings and like stuff like that that way like it keeps the system going and it kind of evolves uh how we work as well and i think the second second piece to that also is um how people are going to start uh kind of laying out their homes or when they're searching to like rent or buy a place like now having a home office like or like a private work space takes like an importance over like having a theater system room right now you know what I mean like a yeah. lot of people don't really care about having a movie theater right now they would want to have a space where they can go in and work quietly or like you know just focus so those are the things that I think about I think that's where we'll start to or we should see evolution but not, not like just chopping the roots off completely where people like we don't see like you know the maintenance people and people like who work after hours to you know keep the space uh clean and all that stuff but what about I just thought of something but what about like totally agree because you're right the cleaning like you know the cleaning staff like they all need jobs right but there's still going to be buildings and whether it's a commercial building or a, a a condo or a house or a townhouse what if those companies actually took those that cleaning staff and said listen we don't have a building for you to clean anymore but we have 400 employees who I'd like you to come in once a week and clean their homes that's the contract I'm going to give you. And I'm like, as a company, we're going to help pay for that now that they're home more often. So maybe it's $75 a week goes to the employee and now that employee gets their house cleaned once a week. But, That's like, crazy. but what kind of amazing benefit would that be? That'd be helpful to not only the employee, but their family. And that's, it's, that's like a ripple effect that, that is so invaluable that those cleaning staff maybe go, turn, go away from commercial, but they're just evolving into more home cleanings. Uh, for good reason, right? I don't know. I just like had this idea. No, and that's... I've always had a vision of like companies need to help with childcare, with parking, um, and with uh, home like home maintenance because those are the types of benefits that actually, especially when you're working long days and working on a project that are just that is like grinding. The last thing you want to do is clean, like vacuum the house and clean toilets. Like you wish, you know. But that if your if your business is taking all that energy and time from you. And they off and they also offered you these uh, amazing benefits of like cleaning your house and helping with childcare so you can go on a date night with your significant other. 
to help stress relief. Oh, like that is helpful, right? Yeah. I mean, that and says that's a great idea. So it's just like helping both sides, right? Like you're helping people, keeping them employed and the people who like work for you, like you're giving them this value for, you know, to focus so they can focus on the work that needs to get. That's such a great idea. I think when that. Focus, these, yeah. Yeah, you get more for your, and it's like more like indirect ROI, right? Like what it's like, you know, you're getting more people getting productive, you know, being more punctual, like have their buy-in and, you know, you have their loyalty, all those things start to kick in when you do yeah. these little things. So I think, I think these are the things, if we, if we focus, if we focus on those things, I think these little things and these little shifts can give us uh, great benefits and great things in the future. Yeah, the well-being of humans, I think, is such a high, have high importance that companies really do need to. And it's really great that there's uh, companies that have yoga class and that sort of thing, but you need to have time to go to a yoga class. But overall well-being includes more than just a yoga class or a sweat session. It's more just like, like, like I said, like the cleaning, the child care, like how actually do you care for my life? You know, and how can you help contribute to that, whether it's a monthly allowance or whatever. And well-being is mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. So it's like, holistically that all those things if those things could all be filled up like you consider them like tanks filling up those each of those tanks you feel you you have a higher vibration you bring more, better you bring a better version of yourself to your job to your life to your family so it's like it'd be great if, if, if companies can take like the yoga classes and exercise classes to the next level and just go into a deeper well-being um yeah, that's interesting way of looking at it because uh, if you're offering something specific, then that's not going to work for everybody, right? Like, but if you can offer something that's kind of part of everybody's life that you can kind of take away and like say, hey, we'll take care of this for you. That's just like, even if it's a tiny thing, like you said, like, oh, we'll send someone biweekly to just, you know, clean your house. The monetary value of it to the companies that spend money on these other benefits compared to what they'll have to do is so low, but the the value that they'll get out of it is huge. Oh. Like it's, it, right. these are, and I think these are the creative ideas that we really I think. And then people, when they're about to quit their jobs, are going to think about it. Hey, wait a minute. This is a, maybe a $400 a month monetary value that I'd be losing by quitting this job. But also the stress, my stress levels are down because of this um, benefit. Like they would maybe, you know, we'll think twice before, you know what I mean? Before having mm -hmm. that attrition. So I don't know. I think there's a lot of, that's one example, but I think there's a lot of different ways companies can go deeper with the well-being aspect and not just the physical wellness. There's more to wellness than just physical, which is also important. Yeah, and that's great. Wow, we've been going for an hour and a half now, Carrie. This is crazy. I, I can go on for hours. Like I think we can have like longer conversations and we can keep going at it. But I think we we had some interesting conversations today. I think this was uh this was amazing. I learned a lot. Like to be honest, like awesome. there's a lot of things that I heard from you that, you know, changed my perspective of living into things. And hopefully whoever's listening to this finds some uh nuggets of information that can really uh help them. But we should uh, definitely yeah. do this more if you have the time to do it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but this was great. This was really valuable. Thanks That's awesome. uh, for spending the time. And you know what? You're my first guest on the podcast. So Yay. You, have the, you have that title now. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm, what an honor. I super appreciate you having me on. And uh, I know you're going to do great things with this podcast because you, um, you're just a great conversationalist and yeah, no, this is great. I really loved it. So thank you. No, thank Thanks you. Appreciate me. it.